This is The Connection, a Dirty Free Hub podcast connecting gravel cyclists to where they ride through short stories about culture, history, people, places, and lands. Welcome to The Connection by Dirty Free Hub. I'm Forrest Rodarian. Buenos Aires National Wildlife Refuge is located along southern Arizona and it's near the borderlands. It hosts an absolutely gorgeous grassland that's framed by the Babokivari Mountains to the west. And this wildlife refuge hosts an incredible array of species, including pronghorn and a unique assortment of birds. Dirt roads course through the refuge and provide many opportunities for both gravel cycling or bikepacking if you are taking the Sky Islands Odyssey. Today on the show, we have Rita Rutledge, who is Vice President of the Friends of Buenos Aires National Wildlife Refuge, here to talk to us about this Arizona grassland. Rita, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I am delighted that we have bikers using the refuge. Awesome. And we are excited to ride and explore it. So my first question for you is, what makes the Buenos Aires National Wildlife Refuge such a special place to visit and to ride? One of the things I love most about it is the silence. And I'm not a silent person. So when I'm out there and I manage to be silent, most of the sound you hear is the sound of birds and the wind. And it's just amazing. The night sky is terrific. And the wildlife can't beat it. And it's it's an adventure. You never know what you're going to see. And every day is something new. That wildlife is incredible. I can remember biking through there and seeing a number of pronghorn riding parallel to me, which was stunning to say the least. So now, can you tell us a little history about the refuge? How did the refuge first form, or maybe why was it formed in some way? The mask bobwhite quail, which is related to the bobwhite quail that you see further east, Texas, and clear into the Midwest, etc. Mask bobwhite quail is an endangered species. It was completely eliminated from Arizona and was only found in Mexico. And they wanted to reintroduce that bird. And the area where it had last been seen was where the refuge is now located. So in 1985, the federal government purchased the refuge property in order to introduce these mass bobwhite quail. And they have been working on it. They worked on it before when it was privately owned ranch land. And they were discovering that cattle made it difficult to keep all of the habitat that was needed for the quail. So they bought out the ranches and all the willing sellers, the ranchers who just had enough fighting the drought and so forth, sold their land to the federal government. And it's now part of Fish and Wildlife and a National Wildlife Refuge. That's very interesting. I, I have to ask, is the mask bobwhite quail, has it come back? Are they reintroducing it? It has been a long and winding road. Every year, almost every year, they release chicks and adults onto the landscape. Every year they try to add one more feature that they think is going to be the final thing that's going to make it possible for these birds to thrive. 
part of the difficulty, and I have to indicate that I am speaking as a member of the Friends and a volunteer, not as a refuge spokesperson, but we know the birds were there at the refuge, but we don't know if that was their preferred location or if that was the last ditch option for them, and they aren't talking. So we do our best to try to plant what they need, make sure there's water on the ground for them, remove the invasives that are causing problems or that we think are. It's, um, it is much easier to save any kind of an animal or bird before they get into trouble. Keep them healthy and happy. Once they've gotten into trouble and you've got to put them under human care, it's not as easy as it was when they were on their own. They take good care of themselves in the wild, but not once they've been removed from the landscape. So it's a tough road to hoe. And we just keep hoping that every year we're going to make one final difference. We had two or three years where we had 20% survival. And things like gambles quail and other quail in the wild will frequently have as low as 11 to 15% survival. So we were delighted with 20%. The quail are called the dessert of the desert. Everybody eats them. I can imagine that. I'm sure coyotes and other predators out there are very interested in them. Roadrunners, everything, snakes. Oh, that's interesting about roadrunners. I did not know that. So with the mass bobwhite quail, that sounds like one conservation effort that's going on. Are there any other activities and preservation efforts that are currently taking place in the refuge? Or maybe are there any other long-term projects happening? One long-term project that dates back uh, early 1990s has been totally volunteer-driven with author authorization from the refuge, removing interior ranch barbed wire fences. So, you know, they had the North 40 and the South 40 and the side pasture, and all of those involve barbed wire fences, 40 acres, 100 acres, and that's 118,000 acre refuge. And there was 200 miles of barbed wire fence, and that's just one part. The wildlife goes under, over, and through barbed wire. And you'll see wildlife on the refuge that have scars on their backs, and then you'll find some that are dead that got caught in the fence. So that's been a project that I've been involved in. It's something I know I can do. I don't have to have complicated equipment to do it. And I've been working on that for since 2013. And we are down from 200 miles close to 20 to 25 miles of fence left to take down. So that's one ongoing project. It's... It's a very impressive amount of barbed wire. Um, but the other things that we work on, whenever I can get grant money, restore an old well that's that could be working, it just needs to be drilled deeper, it needs to have some repairs done. So I'll um, the friends will write a grant to try to get money to, tr to do that restoration process. Um, and that puts water on the landscape for the wildlife and as I said, we've added the bubblers for drink, for humans to use. Um, and then removing mesquite trees, trying to control erosion 
because when water comes through there, it races through the landscape and takes all the sediment and the, the topsoil with it. In the old days, when there were ranchers there, when the floods, they called them floods, would start, a cowboy on horseback could walk, not trot, walk, and have the flooding just creeping along behind them, not very fast at all because it was all soaking down into the ground as opposed to racing down an eroded ditch. So we're trying to slow the water down. We're trying to do more erosion control. And then, of course, there's always projects trying to get native species of plants that the quail like on the landscape, get them on the water so that they'll have a chance to grow next to the quail drinkers. The quail are our top priority. That's the reason the refuge was founded. Um, and if we can provide water for the other wildlife, when you've got drought, it's really hard. So how can cyclists give back to this refuge or maybe how can they learn more about what's happening here? There's always opportunities for volunteers. And I frequently will get emails um, through our webpage People asking, you know, do you have something that I can help with? So we have volunteers that run the visitor center. And it's open again, finally, after two years of COVID. So running the visitor center, um, helping do erosion control projects, cleaning and repairing quail drinkers out on the landscape, helping me take down barbed wire fence. And I think it would be really neat if you, if your crew, your bikers, ever do any kind of a organized thing. I know some people do bike races, but if there was a day, I would love to see some kind of a festival or something that would draw attendees, participants, people watching, kind of make a mini fair out of it or something, just to get the word out of what a wonderful place this is. And... You can do it by being a member of Friends. You can do it by being a grant writer um, and just coming out and enjoying it and sharing the fact that you've learned about a new place that's pretty wonderful. I love that idea. I think that's something that cyclists can definitely rally around uh, and maybe move forward with. Lastly, you have a lot of love for this place and you've definitely spent some time here. Do you have a personal story that you'd like to share about Buenos Aires? Wow. The first year my husband and I were out there, we spent three months during the winter. And one evening we decided we were going to go out, drive out a little bit away from the camp area and watch the sun go down. So we did that. We took our lawn chairs really puzzled Border Patrol. They flew over us a few times trying to figure out what was going on down there. So we sat in our lawn chairs and a deer came from our right side down the hill. And it was leading quite a few others. We didn't know how many at the time. And it stopped and it looked at us and it retreated. And then I don't know what went through its head, but suddenly it came through at a run followed by about 20 more deer trying to get to where they originally intended to go. And we just sat there in our lawn chairs and watched them go by. And it was just magical to realize that we were part of, we were out there in the middle of it and we disrupted them by our presence, but they eventually moved on and went about their business. 
And the other thing that is just awesome after a rainstorm, especially during the warm weather, you drive any of these gravel roads and come upon a little bit of a mud puddle and the butterflies are thick on the ground. It's just magical to approach them. I put one of the videos on the friend's webpage, uh, or maybe it was the Facebook page. Just these fluttering butterflies coming up off the ground. There's magic out there every day. But those are two of my favorites. That's Rita Rutledge, Vice President of the Friends of Buenos Aires National Wildlife Refuge. Rita, thank you for those beautiful descriptions, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Forrest. Dirty Free Hub is a nonprofit organization fueled by your generous contributions. Find us at dirtyfreehub.org. 